My name is Emerald. I am a CSAPA based in Sydney, Australia. In today's episode, we'll be talking to Catherine McNamara, someone who has gone above and beyond outside of her nine to five to get to where she is now. In today's episode, we'll be talking about studying, finding motivation, and how to stay resilient under tough circumstances. And so without further ado, let's get into it. I'm Catherine McNamara. I work at Cisco as a technical solutions architect for cybersecurity. Before Cisco, I worked as, you know, in networking, cybersecurity, just kind of bounced around between both. I liked, I, I mean, honestly, I actually was gearing only to get into security and I took a, a CCNA course for, for college and I was like, ooh, networking's fun. So that's kind of how I deviated into network security. Fantastic. It's actually interesting. I found that a lot of people that I've talked to have started with one particular track in mind and have discovered there's actually so much more that kind of connects into it. And they're just like, oh, now, you know, I kind of, I went for, I went for this one particular area, but actually it's an entire like aisle of fantastic things to study and look forward to. I think early on in your career, you're still trying, like, because IT is so vast, like you're, you spend the majority of like the first couple of years of your IT career trying to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. I mean, it's really easy to say, like, look at a salary and be like, oh, I want that. But if you, you know, if you're, really really bored by it or not passionate about it or you're miserable after like 20 years of it, it you know it's going to get old real fast so if there's something like you pick up or like some class you take and you're like oh I really love this sometimes it's the best thing to like throw yourself into it and, you know figure out if that's what you can do and have fun doing for 20 plus years yeah but you would say and or I, I'm not too sure because I haven't had a lot of experience in IT yet but if you do kind of get to that point where you feel saturated, for example, by security, isn't it relatively easy to kind of, you know, extend your knowledge and kind of pick up another area such as networking? Or is it kind of your pigeonholed once you've hit like a certain point of your career, like, you know, five years in, if you haven't decided to shift or, or kind of study elsewhere, that's kind of where you stay? Uh, it really depends. Like, it depends on like, if you're studying like, like, compliance or something and like you know like NIST standards and other standards or you're just all compliance not technology it might be harder to jump into it but if you're like doing something like uh, penetration testing or vulnerability testing it might be easy to shift into something like because it's built on a lot of the same you know principles where you have to know networking you have to know systems and applications where you might be able to pivot into something a little bit uh, easier so it doesn't mean you're necessarily pigeonholed. It really just depends on which part of IT that you got into. Because if you like, there, there's so much overlap. Like if you're doing like penetration testing, you have to understand some level of system, some level of application, some level of networking and networking protocols. So if you decide like after five years of that, I want to go into networking, well, you kind of understand the basic basics to start. Well, that makes sense. As part of the graduate program, we did about six months of boot camp training on the technical aspects. And for me, it's a very kind of surface level overview of IT and like, you know, networking and security. And I'm really excited to kind of get into it deeper because for me, like I have a lot of friends who do health science and they get really into, you know, looking at the different parts of the body, going into the nerves, being able to break down all these systems. And for me, it's just like, oh, I don't really care much about, you know, all of the different muscles that go into the arm. But, you know, it's crazy how you can look at a network and actually break it down to those same levels. Absolutely true. Like, I have friends who are doctors as well. And like, 
though they might not be a specialist in like, you know, in something like for the first four years, they go to the same like, like classes as everybody else. And then they do their residency and specialize in something. So there is some like always some overlap between doctors or like something that they, uh, as far as studying. Studying seems to be a big part of, you know, going forward. And especially from what I've chatted about before, it seems to be a really important part of your career. My statement was that, you know, once you start your job, you kind of stop, you don't stop learning, but you stop studying. And so what's your thoughts on on that? I would actually disagree. Like I actually study more than before I got my first IT job. And the reason being is because this, the industry is always changing. Like when I, you know, when I came into networking, there wasn't, you know, SD-WAN wasn't a thing. It wasn't especially a hot thing. Like the idea of SDN was still kind of in its early, early, like visionary, but not really, you know, applicable state. Like it's just, it was just more of a white paper someone wrote for their master's degree. So, you know, when you're actually in this career, if you want to be good at what you do and you want to be able to move up and move forward, you don't become stagnant. You know, what, one of the things I, I definitely say is like, if you want to get to that next level, that next technical level or whatever else, don't expect to learn it on the job. Yeah, you only are going to get in your from your career as much as you put in. And you can go and get a college degree, but it's not like you're learning on how to like configure like cutting edge technology in, in, in your you know, bachelor's and master's degree. You're just learning the basics. Always act like you're, you know, you know, kind of like the doctor example, act like your job and then everything you do outside of it is kind of like your residency, you're specializing, you're learning more, you're trying to keep up to date on stuff. Doctors still, you know, even if doctor gets their MD, they still have to go back for continuing education because the medical field always changes. Same with technology. If anything, technology field changes a little bit faster. Take us through how you stay like motivated in order to continue like, you know, going through a career at some point. Like, how do you avoid burnout? Like, what's your experience of keeping on top of everything, making sure that you're pushing through your career and like, you know, getting to this point where you are now? Well, I would say that when you're going into IT and you find topics that really interest you, dive into it. So that doesn't mean I don't like study stuff that sometimes is boring. But, you know, if you're doing something that you enjoy learning about and like enjoy studying, that helps. The other thing I do is I surround myself with people who are like minded. Like I have a study group online now that I co-organized called the Router Gods. I'm in a chat group, a chat room with them. We're always joking. We're we're jumping on, you know, chats or you know, Google Hangouts so we can all lab and share our screens. We're, you know, we're doing stuff to pump each other up and like, you know, make sure that we're all motivated. Uh, so, you know, surrounding yourself with so, uh, solid influences, learning stuff that you really enjoy learning about. And when you're enjoying, you know, studying something that you absolutely hate, but you have to do it, you know, again, that that's where that peer pressure group, you know, motivated individuals helps lift me up at least. I um, I guess I'm like competitive and but in a way it's kind of competitive with myself because when I start a new topic like VPN was like a one like from years back where I was like really struggling with it at first but then after I got it and I was able to like actually teach it to other people I felt really good about it I was like oh my god like how how the tables have turned I've gone from feeling like VPN was like my biggest weakness and trying to avoid it to being like all right let me show you how to do this so in a way, I kind of like feel that like I get a little buzz from being able to be good enough to teach it. And, you know, another good thing is that I have a partner and, you know, home life where, you know, they're very supportive of me as well. Like if you're married or you have a family, you know, when you're doing studying or like or any large amount of studying, the first thing you 
that's important is getting buy-in and having someone be supportive of you through it all. The other, the other thing I was going to say is that that helped me a lot when I had like big books to read and stuff like that. So I always set myself with daily goals. I know it sounds cheesy and stuff. That was another thing that really helps is if I sit there and like, I have a, you know, some book that's like this thick and you're just looking at it, you're just like, oh, how am I going to get through that thing? It's just, it's enormous. But when I break it down to like, I'm going to read 50 pages or one chapter a day and I'm going to lab that up. When I'm done with that, if I can do more then awesome, but if not, then at least I check the box and I did the bare minimum. I wish that I'd had all these things when I was I was studying through uni because getting getting your study habits down pat is incredibly difficult, I have to say, unless you have that, you know, self-discipline. I think, you know, part of especially this particular series of episodes with me is discussing, you know, how you get that extra benefit, you know, outside of technology, but also outside of your day job of like nine to five. And especially, you know, if you're working like a full-time job and also putting on study on top of that so that you can excel, but also, you know, do better in your own role. How do you, how do you manage that? What's your, your experience? Well, almost all my studying was, was with a full-time job, to be fair. When I was working like in an office job where I had to be in the office every day, like I set certain times of the day where I would study at the office. I was in this uh, part of town that was like a lot of traffic going back by left at the time work ended. So I would stay after two hours and like study there and then take off when the rush hour died down. Maybe it's, you know, at home, like, you know, when I was studying for like the CCIE and stuff, one of the things I did was I would set certain hours so that like I study better at night. I actually don't study as well during the day because like social media and everybody messaging me just makes it really easy to get distracted. So I'll set myself like certain time that I know I'm, I, I, I'm the best at studying. For me, that was like 10 o'clock to like 1 a.m. And that's what would be my study time. And Everything before that time and after that time would be dedicated to something else like chilling at home, getting into pajamas, spending time with your spouse, watching trash TV, whatever it is, <laughs> like fi finding out what, what the best time is for you and kind of setting like a schedule does help. Like I, I'm, I'm one that works better on self-imposed structure. Right. Yeah. So rather, rather than, you know, having an external deadline, it's like if you set it, you know that that's what you have to meet, right? So is there a secret to having a good online presence if you want to be kind of a voice within IT? Well, the blog really helped me pick up stuff. But like what I really started at was being involved in IT forums. So like tech exams was where I started out at. Like I think Cisco Learning is great as well. Like being involved in tech, like and it's also how I, I stopped uh, myself from making a lot of early career missteps. So I would ask people who knew like, you know, about career moves, about like not just technology, but like how to move ahead, what, you know, what their advice was. So I started out in like tech exams and other forums like that. And I got really involved there. And then I started, you know, by Twitter and LinkedIn. And I started adding people from there. I got involved with Router Gods, which has like 4,000, like more than 5,000 people actually now. And then, you know, the blog also helped. I, like, I literally, I don't like do any like targeted advertising. When I, I knew to do a new blog post, I literally just post it on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook and I'm done. And it just kind of, you know, goes, you know, naturally. But like just most of the people I've like picked up like the, you know, or how I've like, I guess been known is just 
regular discourse online, like appreciating what other people are doing, like saying, hey, great job when they post a new blog post, vice versa. That's also how I've met good friends. For me, like, it's not like a social media strategy. It's just kind of like naturally socializing. And it's just kind of picked up on its own from that. Yeah, it's amazing how, you know, activity kind of breeds activity, if that makes sense. You know, it absolutely makes sense. Like, I, I wish I could say there was this master plan, but I think these couple generations where we're all kind of like connected in some way, shape or form on like on the internet or, you know, through social media. And, I, you know, the more people see you interacting, the more they remember who you are. And while it's not like anything planned, that's just kind of how it gets around. If they see you put out new content, they'll share it. Other people will follow you, things like that. And, you know, when I started this blog, like my blog, it was literally just like, okay, I built a lab, it seems to work. Now I'm going to throw it online and see what what comes back. And then I started building on with that. Like, every time I do a new blog post, like, like, for example, SecureX came out in, in June of last year, even though it wasn't hard to put together, I was like challenging myself to find new things to configure and, and like made my I made myself learn it and then reteach it in a video just so I'd remember and I'd have like, you know, you know, that artifact out there, make it easier for other people to do. Some of the times when I make videos, it's like almost like a teaching, like study exercise for myself. Interrupting this episode for our word quiz. Today's words are uninclusive. I can see you're incredibly self-motivated and, you know, always pushing yourself to challenge. Is that something, do you think that can be taught or is it something that, you know, you have to innately have within yourself because of you know who you are as a person or because of you know what you what you were socialized as a child I will tell you this it definitely wasn't something innately part of me you know when I was in high school I never turned in my homework for the most part I barely like you know I was pretty lazy through high school after I turned 18 I didn't go to school again until I was like 26 and got my butt in a gear I had to get to a point in my life where I was my maturity wise where like I was mo- like I had hit rock bottom at that point in my life where I wanted to do better for myself. And that's what motivated me to like start. And then I think like for the first couple of years of like studying and moving up in my career, I think for me, it was about never getting in that bad place again where I didn't have a job or I was homeless or whatever else. You know, so it was very much not like I got popped out. I was like straight A's through high school. <laughs> I just went through college with a breeze. By no means, like I did not know how to study until I was like 26 years old and forced myself to start doing it. So I don't know if I would say it's like teach, like studying is something you have to can teach yourself, but you have to be in the right place or mental state where like you want, want it bad enough. And for me, there was like a lot of external factors, like, you know, life was not going so well and I wanted to do better for myself or be better. You know, I absolutely don't think that just because you've never studied before, you're not capable of doing it. You asked me when I was like 25, if like I could sit down and study for a year and get a CCIE, I'd feel like, what the heck are you talking about? No way. (laughs) That's a lot of work. No way. I wasn't the most responsible when I was in my 20s. And I had to like hit a a certain point in my life where I wanted to do better for myself. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say that was like something I was taught. It was just the right time, right maturity, I think. I think we all get to that point if we we really want it bad enough we just have to push ourselves like you know focus on why you're doing it or you know focus on what about your life you want to change and hopefully that's enough to be a catalyst for you I understand it's a, it's a good it's it's really good to hear as well that it's you know it's something that you can continuously work on throughout your life and it's like you know if you'd feel like you don't have it now if you want it bad enough essentially 
it's it's achievable. So maybe if you're if you're comfortable with that as well, maybe can you take us through kind of that experience of hitting rock bottom and then moving forward and like how do you like you know it's like falling on your face all the time how do you get up and say okay we need to keep on going all right so it's like 2008 so like we had the big crash i had had a lot of like really crappy stuff that happened in my personal life i look at my 20s i was partying all the time and you know being really stupid when i was younger and I got to this point where I hadn't held a job for a long time and where I was living rent free, I was kicked out of, I didn't even have a car. You know, I kind of went and like realized that my life wasn't going where I wanted it, wanted it to go. I started out by getting like a full-time security guard job during the night. And then I tried to get, like, I went to get a customer service job in the, the daytime. And some, the guy who owned the company actually saw that I was really interested in IT. So he decided to kind of give me like a starter IT job instead. So I was working like 80 hours a week and driving, like I, I finally got a car and I was able to like sleep in it and stuff. But like, you know, I was, I had four hours between shifts. So I only had like four hours of sleep while I was like study and I decided I wanted to do better. So like during the daytime shift where I was doing like my first IT job, I couldn't study, but at the graveyard shift for security, like all I could do was sit there in a car. So I basically just started studying. And I started getting like my first CompTIA certifications and stuff. And after I got a few of them, I applied for another job. I got it as a contractor. I doubled my pay immediately. And I eventually was offered a full-time position at this job as like permanent. And they agreed to also pay for my college too. So I like busted through my college. And then the next job, I doubled my salary again. And like, it kind of went like that, where I was just continued to like, I started seeing like things like dole out in my real life while I'm, you know, as a direct result of the stuff I was learning. And I, the other thing I was doing is I was taking a lot of risks. Like when I moved from that first IT job, I was moving to a security job, which I might've fallen flat on my face, but they seemed to like me and were like, we'll train you and do stuff. And I had, I, known, I had known some of the basics and I picked it up really fast. And then the next job I like was after my, my CCNA. And I was like, I really like the CCNA. I'm really intimidated by getting a networking job. And this company I'm at right now is not hiring for network jobs. So I got that job, that contractor job and I did really well there. I actually learned a ton about networking and they eventually offered me a full-time job as well. And like, even like eventually coming to Cisco, I was a little intimidated, but I wanted to give it a shot. And I did join and I got better at, at being able to speak to large crowds of people. And I, I got pushed out of my comfort zone. So I, I guess like the moral of the story with that was that a lot of it is, you know, being at the right place to kind of learn and, you know, push yourself to be move forward. And it does require like a point in your life where you've hit that, like not necessarily rock bottom, but that maturity that you realize you have to, you get, you get as much as you put into it, but also like the ability to take a risk. Sometimes those risks won't dole out sometimes. And I know it's hard, like with you, when you have a family or something like that, my situation was, I didn't have a family at that point or kids or relying on me, but sometimes like that risk just if you want to get that position, instead of like staying comfortable at the same job and trying to move up in the same company, sometimes it requires like taking a jump. Now, the good thing about Cisco is Cisco is so big. Like I have had situations in Cisco where I felt like I was stagnant in one, one BU or one part, but I was able to jump to like GSSO or something like that. And it was treated like a whole new company. It was like, you know, the glass, you know, whatever glass ceiling I felt like I was hitting in this department or this segment. I was not hitting over here. So 
Yeah, like Cisco is somewhat unique in that sense. But like my other companies, I had to usually jump ship to get where I needed to go or wanted to go. Yeah, because how how long have you been at Cisco now? Since 2014. So seven years almost. I'm finding that it's not unusual to, to meet people who've been at Cisco for 20 years, 20 years plus, which is the majority of my lifetime, which is, which is a crazy, like, you know, thing to think of that you can stay within one company for so long, especially when everyone's changing roles all the time and, and moving, moving companies. So that's, you know, an indication of how big Cisco is, you know. Cisco is actually a unique one. I would say that like, there's always something more to learn. There's always, there's never like a knowledge ceiling. I feel like I can hit, like if you work in operations somewhere or you work at like a, maybe another vendor that just sells like firewalls and nothing else, there's a limit you can hit like of stuff you can be doing for them with Cisco. If you don't like a certain position or like architecture, or you decide you want to try something else, there's always some way to kind of jump in, jump into something else. What I've learned at least with Cisco, like when I went from a generalist SE, SE to like a GSSO, like the different business units, like being run by different peoples, they can treat you like you're a new hire and say, okay, we're going to readjust a lot of this stuff and, you know, treat it like a, you know, a brand new job offer. Like, you don't get that from a lot of other companies. Thank you so much for sharing your story as well. It's it's incredible to see, you know, like the journey you've been on, but also like the perseverance that you've had to, you know, stick to it. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm where I want to be in life. You know, I, I eventually straightened out to where I, you know, the things I wanted to do. When people perceive like my social media presence, they probably assume like I've had it easy or I've always kind of been on the straight and narrow. I've always like, like I've had people say, well, it's not as easy for me. I just can't study like you do. And the reality is like there was enough motivation for me to change my ways. Everyone can change tracks if they, you know, if they're truly motivated enough to. That's a fantastic message. I think for maybe like a lot of early in career as well, there's kind of this fear that, you know, you have to get everything right and you have to be exactly who you're going to be in the next 10 years. And if you don't have it now, like you're stuck. <laughs> and by no means. I felt like I at 26, like I was late changing careers, but I've seen people do it in their thirties and like turned into rock stars before they're 40. You always can change and like grow from, you know, if, if the, the first track you're on doesn't work out, like there's so many other like ways you can do you can succeed in in technology in general. Yeah, yeah, which is which is fantastic. It's it's dynamic. It's fast. It's always changing. Like you don't you don't know where the next step is going to be, which which I think is exciting for our early in careers. What would you be your like top three tips? I would say don't be afraid to like challenge yourself with a new role or a new like job title. Like we're all human. We all have that, that thing. Don't be scared of challenging yourself. Take risks. Sometimes it, you know, just staying in the same comfortable thing. It seems like it's, it's the easiest way, but it's not the way to move, move uh, fastest through, you know, up or where you want to be. I'd also say surround yourself by people who are, you know, either online or otherwise, or in person who are going to be enabling your goals. Like, you know, whether you're getting spouse buy-in, whether you're joining study groups online when you're, you know, or study groups at work, you know, there's always going to be naysayers out there. Or people are negative or like, oh, he's studying. You know, that's it's just a waste of time. If you want to get it done, then find people who are like equally as positive. Don't let yourself get talked out of it. Yeah, yeah. Follow your own path in that way as well. You know, it's, yeah, it's great to have people around you who are supportive, but also recognizing, you know, that some people aren't always on the same journey or as supportive as well. It's very, very good. 
thing to know. Thank you so much for joining um, us today. It was really, really lovely to chat to you.